This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleep in peace tonight. American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Well, we welcome soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, civilians serving by their side. And uh, we uh, have a special occasion today to remember Captain Steve. Yeah. I was just a kid. Ilya Kuryakin. That's right. And Napoleon Solo. Absolutely. Played by? Robert Vaughn. Yep. This was a cool show. Yeah, Man from Uncle. Mid sixties, sixty five, sixty six, back during the, uh, you know, the uh, the secret agent craze. I guess is. The I like way. the guy that was like their control guy, Leo G. Carroll. Ah, yes. With the, the guy right. with the real leathery face. Yeah, he even had uh, he even had Dean Martin doing that genre back then. You know, Matt Helm. Matt Helm movies. Or was the other guy? Uh, um, Ah, I'm trying to think of the Maxwell other. Smart. <laughs> That's another <laughs> one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, we also have uh, Colonel Paul Simonelli's here too. Well, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> that guys. was in honor of David McCallum. Yes, David McCallum died at ninety. At ninety. Yeah. Who uh, you know went silent for many years. Really, very low profile. Few few movies that he did. A few war movies. Um, yeah. He was also in the definitive movie about the Titanic, A Night to Remember. Yeah. He was, was the he assist- in that movie? He was the assistant wireless operator. Yes, he was. Yep. That's the one with the Kenneth Moore? Yes. Well, that's and a great movie. Kenneth Moore played uh, uh, Light Taller. You're right. He did play the wireless operator. Mm-hmm. The he, mu- he must have been a kid in that movie. He was. You look at him, he's like 20. Wow. But most people will remember him for his years on NCIS. Not me. I like him uh, in The Great Escape. No, I know that. Great Escape. Oh, he was that. great in that. But, I love well, that yeah, movie. but you're sort of a, you know, you you sort of reject anything past after 19. No, he, he was 19. a Navy guy. Uh-huh. He was a fleet air arm of the Royal Navy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Eric Ashley Pitt was his name. That was his real name? A lieutenant commander. Lieutenant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I don't know how the Brits get left out of the spelling either. of the Senate. <laughs> you know that happened to me when I was going to school over in England. There was a retired British sergeant major that was sort of the caretaker for the college I was at, and I was trying to hide my identity. You know, I grew a beard and I had long hair. <laughs> oh and, man! And then one really? of the other one of the other students that I you know knew that I was in the army. Oh, he outed you. And he outed me, and I'd made friends with the sergeant major, and. You know, I was pretty friendly with him, and that, that from you know we're on a first name basis, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know he didn't tout, he didn't expect to be called sergeant major or anything. But as soon as he found out it was lieutenant 
from that day forward. <laughs> really? Yeah, and so I had to call him Sergeant Major after that. That's but cool. it, it turned into quite a friendship, and yeah. you know, he introduced me to his regiment. It was quite an experience. Uh, got to dine did, with did his regiment. Salute, like, like open hand salute? No, I didn't okay. open hand salute. Okay, I just... I was wondering. Click his heels every time I walked by. No, he didn't do that. No, he was riding crop. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got a guest in the house, a retired uh, uh, member of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office staff, a civilian member. There's a few of us. Uh, Todd Allen's here, retired Army veteran. he was an MP, so no one, no one in the Army likes the MPs, but we let him come in today anyway. Well, I, I tell you, if, if it wasn't for the MPs, the tankers would never know where to go. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> right. You, you can live that delusion. Um, but uh, we, we let him in anyway today. But we got a lot we want to talk about. It. There's one subject near and dear to his heart I said we talk about. And he doesn't know what we're going to talk about today because he ignored the email I sent him. But... Uh, um, we're going to talk about it today, but I did watch, uh, uh, a show, a movie the other day, and it sort of brought up some memories and from some of my deployments. I, you know, we all like war movies, but I, I particularly do not watch movies about recent events. Right. I don't watch I, I'm either. any, you know, post nine 11 movies. Mostly I just, I, don't I, I'm very uncomfortable with them. I don't like sitting through them. Um, my wife says if we try to watch them, I'm up and down. You know, I'll sit and watch a two. I watched Midway the other day and sat right the through new, the it. New no, the old. I can't oh. watch new one. New one is. I. Do you find yourself fact checking? Not even that. I, it's just. I don't know what it is, but I don't enjoy watching. I don't watching know what it is either. Because the, the some one. of them are well made, but yes. I, I just. I don't know. I just don't have a lot of so, interest in them. Someone said you got to watch the Covenant, and they they call it Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Because it's Guy, Guy Ritchie's movie, huh? Yeah. Now hmm. Guy Ritchie, I don't. I'm not a big movie guy like you and, and Bob are, but you know Guy Ritchie's done all these other movies. Um, you know Sherlock Holmes, uh, Aladdin. I mean, hmm. so this is sort of really out of his ballpark. But uh, he was also married to Madonna, or he was not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore, yeah. But anyway, so this is really sort of out of his wheelhouse. But he uh. did. This is about uh, a special operator in Afghanistan and his interpreter. Um, special operator ends up, uh, the, the two of them end up in, uh, you know, hostile area. It takes a couple, they escape. This seemed a little, this is where the, the movie stretched. You know, if they got lost, they wouldn't have stopped looking for them. But the, the, the premise of the movie is they get lost, you know, out on their own in, in, uh, Taliban country and they're searching for them. And, uh, the U.S. Operate, special operator gets hurt really bad, and this interpreter saves his life. You know, drags literally drags him to safety over a three week period, mm. and then the guys. True story. In, well, it's supposed to be the basis of, but yeah. I once again, I, I, it's inconceivable to me that they would have gotten to that point being lost. You, you know. The U.S. doesn't stop looking for its people. I mean, we looked for the traitor, you know, Whoa. for months. Yeah, Bird yeah. doll. Yeah, Bird so, doll. but that's just not how we operate. And the other thing is, you know, they were, you know, hostile, but the guy, they were carrying radios with them the whole time, and but they never used them. You know, I mean, <laughs> so there was a couple problems with that. But bottom line is, the, the point of the story was uh, the guy's in bad shape, so he's, Hospital. He's medevaced out. Ends up back home, and he's he just can't get past the fact that 
Um, he was working to get his interpreter and his family out of the country, get him one of those special visas when this all happened. But now he's back at home with his family, and he left the interpreter behind with newborn baby. And it's killing him. I mean, it's totally consuming him to the point where his wife says, you know, the government's not doing anything. If you feel like, you know, he's a special operator. His wife knows what he's been doing. If you want to go back and get him, we'll mortgage the house. We'll hire contractors and go back and get him because we're not going to have him. He saved your life. So his wife says, I owe him as much as you do because he saved your life and brought him back, you know, brought you back. That's the only reason you got back. So we'll remortgage the house, take the money, go pay a contractor, and go get them. So that that's the nature story. But, you know, the point is it just brought back all these memories and all these things we've been hearing in the press about, you know, where we've got these hundreds of thousands of people that are pouring into this country from the southern border, mm. uh, you know, at the peak, at the peak, you know, 2001 in October, we sent 1,300 soldiers into Afghanistan. At the peak, we had 98,000 military, not, and I don't know how many tens of thousands of civilians working in Afghanistan. We had, we had, at the peak, we had over 50,000 interpreters working for Ooh. us. Now, multiply that out by their families. Mm. I will tell you, I, I saw this first in Bosnia in 96. The, the interpreters put themselves in harm's way. I my interpreters in Bosnia were getting night letters in Bosnia. We had to make special accommodations for them when we left uh, Bosnia to make sure that they were safe. This was happening. It was much worse in Afghanistan and Iraq, and we made a promise to these people. And there's still people there now that and their families that are in hiding. We don't even know how many have been killed and tortured, um, and it just. So maybe that's why I don't like to watch these movies, but it just brought this all back to the surface that, you know, we, we, we made a commitment to these people. I think it's probably um, of my generation of military, uh, it probably is the greatest cause. And we don't talk about it a lot, but there's and it's not a psychological um, uh, diagnosis, but there's something called moral injury that happens. You know, to someone when they when there's a tremendous amount of guilt about something that's occurred, and there's more and more people that have served that are, are suffering this moral injury because of the interpreters that they left behind. All right, I'm hearing some music. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this and some other topics here on Valor Radio. It's a shame the way you mess around with the man. It's a shame. Hurt me, it's a shame The way you mess around with your man I'm sitting all alone By the telephone Waiting for your call When you don't call at all It's a shame The way you mess around with your man It's a shame The way you play with my emotions your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old 
scheduled in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008, or MGMinsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. Join Abate Monroe County American Bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Well, our in-studio guests will appreciate this. It's coming again this weekend. WBBF Million Dollar Weekend. Hear all your favorite WBBF hits of the present and the past on the station with young ideas. WBBF. Once again, here's the Colonel and the Captain on Bella Radio. <laughs> Stuck in the middle, huh? Jerry Rafferty, Steelers will. Yeah. Jokers to the right. <laughs> He's gesturing at Paul. And this is what I get for an inv- invitation. Yeah. That was Jerry Rafferty in there, huh? Yeah, Jerry Rafferty. Yeah. Yep, yep. So something near and dear to uh, our guest's heart. Uh, we've had many discussions about this. And I always take, play devil's advocate with him, even though I agree with him completely on it. Uh, we'll get Steve's 
take on it. I don't know that he's been part of this discussion before or not. Um, from the end of World War II until December 26, 1991, uh, we were involved in a war. It was called the Cold War, and uh, it ended, as I said, December 26, 1991, when the Soviet Union disintegrated. And a lot of, um, a lot of folks served during that time period in the military. Part of that time was mandatory service. We had a draft. Uh, a lot of folks volunteered for service. People during that time period served all over the world. Um, the three of us sitting here uh, served a lot of different places during that time period. And um, there has never been, well, there there has been, but uh, less than what, people feel is deserving there has never been a fitting recognition of the service of all those that served during the cold war um and there have been multiple times in congress when uh bills have been advanced to come up and create uh, a cold war recognition medal or ribbon uh for all those that have served during that time period and every time it gets into committee and gets discussed, it just sort of dies there. Um, and there's been three times, significant times, that it's made some progress. Um, and there's all kinds of excuses why uh, it's never made it out. And we have other um, medals that we have for periods of time. We have something called the National Defense Medal. Or the Everybody Badge. The Everybody Badge? That's what we used to call it. Oh, the National Defense Medal, yeah. And they just ended that, uh, um, and they've given out that out during different periods of conflict. Um, so, you know, some people in, of my era, uh, post-Vietnam era... We used to call it the Alive in 75 right. ribbon. Right. If you were, if you were brief, fog in the mirror in 1975 in uniform, you got the medal. Right, and then there was a cutoff. There was a cutoff, yeah. And then Desert Storm happened in 90, you know, August 2nd, 1990. So that started it up again. Right. So then people that were serving then got the medal. Yep. And they just shut it off again this past year. I think it was February of this year, wow. actually. But now they've got for service in Syria. And, oh, they got one for Syria now, huh? And Syria and some other place, they've got another service medal that they've authorized. Oh, stop it. Um, but still, no recognition. So to try to calm the folks that have really been pushing for it, and I know, Todd, you've been one of those people that have been you know, strongly pushing for this and been very, very vocal every chance you can when you speak with people about this. They did a certificate. They did. A Cold War certificate. Um, the main excuse they make for not doing this that I can find from when I was doing research last night, they say there's 35 million people that are eligible for the medal, and it would cost $440 million. At $30 a pop. At $30 a pop. To get each Which is pretty damn high. Why does it cost $30 to manufacture a bilious piece of ribbon and metal? Um, have made in China. Well, so there's two. <laughs> well, they've got, all right. So they've got to make So they've got to make it. They've got to find the people. And they've got to With ship good it union to labor. them. 
Right. It's got to be union labor. So they've got to make the metal. They've got to find. Now, there's 35 million people. Not everybody's on some last known address. I mean, if. Oh, that's I don't know a good that the, point the, too. I don't know that the Department of Army knows where you're living right now and where most veterans are living right now. Well, obviously, because I'm still waiting for my discharge certificate after 45 years. Are you okay. Really? Yep. This so, is something. Um, well, that's they don't have your right address. They've sent it out three times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so they're saying it's going to cost thirty dollars per person for thirty-five million eligible personnel. So that's four hundred forty million dollars, which is a lot of money. Which is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. There is. But They're spending know, $70 million on enhancing Joe Biden's online image. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can spend $70 million. Well, we're not spending that. So it comes down to money. But it comes down to money. Right. But in this right. case, in right. this case, I think the majority of veterans that qualify would pony up the, the 30 bucks and buy it for themselves. Uh Quite honestly, the they problem would. is is there are two different designs that are out there that are unofficial, and uh, if the government would just settle on one, I'm sure the vets would stand up would would uh, would pony up the thirty bucks. I but see now would. you're now you're violating all the the, the modern rules of DEI um, because if you don't hand it to a person, you're obviously excluding certain people on purpose. If you don't give it to them, if they've if they've served. So there would be a DEI violation. And, you know, the Secretary of Defense would never stand for such a thing um, to let people buy it themselves. Well, the, the problem is, is that during <laughs> during my tour, now I, I went into the reserves and and all, all of my decorations came from my service in the reserves. But uh, I served with some very fine people that did three years of their life. Uh, in the Cold War in Germany, which uh, in a matter of seconds that that the whole theater could go to hell, and uh, they walk out and they, there's absolutely nothing on their uniform, uh, and that's just inexcusable. I listen. I agree with you. So there, there's a couple of issues there. Um, there's a couple of issues there. If people, you know, leaderships should always acknowledge performance and. Um, you know, so people shouldn't have left, shouldn't have left without some recognition of their service. Agreed. Uh, all right. If someone did a full three years, they should have gotten. You know, they should have their good conduct medal. Obviously, they should have their their fruit salad one, their army service ribbon. And I guess they could. Leave, so what you're saying is they could leave country with those two, and that's it. Well, the Army Service Ribbon didn't come out until oh, that's after right, later. that period. That's right. Okay. But uh, like I talked to a couple of my veteran friends. I'm part of several Facebook groups. I tell them, I said, you are eligible for this ribbon. And, uh, you know, you can buy it on the, on the, on the marketplace. Uh, and at least you have something for your service. Right. And they did for the Cold War certificate. It didn't come automatically. You had to go ask for it. Right. So I would say... The same thing for the metal. You, they put it out there. You go online. You apply. They check your records with at Fort Knox in St. Louis or wherever your headquarters is, uh, 8th and I Streets in Washington for the Marines. And if you got it, they send it off to you. And it, they amortize it out over the number of years. Um, you know, when a family calls and says they want all their medals for Papa who's passed away, that they're entitled to legally, they throw that in the package with it if they're entitled to it. I I don't think it's that big a deal. 
Um, I agree. I think it's just uh, it's really a political thing, and and a lack of will. We're spending uh, we're spending we're spending ten times this much a year right. on illegals coming across it, the border. It's just so bureaucratic. They, yeah. they, they, the excuse that they gave was that the Cold War was not an actual war, but a state of political conflict. "Quote unquote." That's just not a good excuse. Well, I tell you what, that's unfortunately that's uh, a prevalent opinion. <clears throat> excuse me, in the uh, out there in the community. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is my first assignment, I was work security on a Hawk missile installation mm. in Germany, and uh, if if blazing skies, which was the state of war, was uh, declared, we had a. You know, a couple of minutes worth of life expectancy on that site. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just people don't realize uh, there were actual casualties during the Cold War, and uh, it's it's not as mild as people think it is. No, it wasn't. I think we all agree. I can live through it. Absolutely. All right, I'm hearing some music. We're going to take a break here on Valor Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Steve's. Almost retired favorite military officer. We'll be, we'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio. On the WIS Hill Stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Remembering David McCallum today on this edition of Valor Radio. Captain? Elmer Bernstein. Yes. This is the the opening... Uh, theme from The Great Escape. Title, title of the music, yep. 1963. Big ensemble cast. Directed by John Sturgis. Steve McQueen and his motorcycle. Yeah. You yeah. bet. Riding it through the fields. Yep. I love this. And when I think of David McCallum, I think of that movie. Yeah. He, he played a uh, Royal Navy lieutenant commander. Who was dispersal? That was his job to find out how to get rid of the dirt in the tunnel. Yeah, that's right. The buckets, buckets of dirt. Remember the, the was the, it the pants thing? The pants, pants thing yep. with the socks and the pins. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, it's one of the the, the most re- revealing things of the movie. I mean, when you see it, it just you just jump jumps out at you like, wow, that's brilliant. Whoever could have thought of that one? <laughs> so, get rest right. in peace, David. Yeah. So uh, ninety years old. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah. It's not bad. So, can't ask for much more. So, one of your favorite people in the world. Who's um, that, Paul? And I know now that he's finishing up his service that I know one of your one of your things in life that you were hoping for that you'd have a chance to vote for the guy walk in the voting booth. Oh yeah, and flip the switch sure. down with his name. I like to flip the switch on him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but. It, he says he's not going to run for political office when he retires. And we're talking about your favorite army officer, General Mark Milley. Yes. 
You have a lot of names for him. I do. I, I don't I know. Can't, they, I we can't, can't even say him on the no, air. We can't say him on the air. Um, I, uh, why can't we re- re- uh, repeat the last one? Thoroughly modern Millie. Thoroughly modern Millie. I, I am just, I'm, I'm losing my mind because uh, <laughs> I'm losing this, my mind. This, this article in the Atlantic. Um, this, oh, yeah, the this Atlantic, article in the, the Atlantic. Atlantic yeah. Uh, that, making a, him out that he was the savior of the country. A white knight. Or, or, what else would you expect from the Atlantic? I yeah, know, but you know, this is at the end of your career. You know, you're trying to you, you get these these pushover articles that you know just. Uh, Wait, what's the term? Lick spittle, I think, is what the. I don't know, but you know, they're just trying to. This is going to be the historical one. This is the one they're going to reference in Wikipedia, oh, and yeah. uh, you know, this is. Right. This is his legacy, his legacy article that he was the savior of the country. They kept but that's the way it always is. Yeah. Every time a leader leaves, we only look at the good stuff unless your last name is Trump. Well, they didn't. It's not the good. It's lies. I mean, it's not good stuff. It's okay to talk about the good stuff if the good stuff was real. If that's it was true. true, what they were saying. This is just pure fiction here. And and you know what? I'm just absolute. It was just. Boulder Dash. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't say that it's all urban legend and uh, and stuff that the media created about right. Millie, right? Uh, and it's all lies. I mean, I, I hate to say it, it's just li- it just lies, and uh, just absolutely just over the top. And even on LinkedIn, um, which is usually pretty rational, right? Did you, I don't know if the people I, have been posting that Atlantic article and saying what a great leader he was and what a tribute it was, and you know. LinkedIn. Try- I tried on LinkedIn to, to avoid politics, right? Conspicuously, but people. But are it's out- hard because people post stuff on LinkedIn that just ugh, just rubs me the wrong way. Right. I, I actually this week three times I started writing something on LinkedIn countering what people were saying about him, and I said, you know what? Do I really need to do this right now at this point? Um, but I'm talking about. You know, under this, where someone posted that Atlantic article, there were, you know, 55 comments all saying that not only he not that he doesn't walk on the water, he walks on the clouds. I mean, oh, stop it! I, it just it was making no, me sick to my no, stomach. I, That's how strongly I felt yeah, about just, it. Just wait till his book comes out. Wow! Oh yeah, I can imagine it. It's going to be a tell-all, and, and well, it'll make people on the left very happy. Yeah, and uh, it'll make uh, uh, Beijing very happy. Right. Right, and, and that's sure. that's really what he's a- a- a looking for. Did I read that uh, Milley admitted that he would notify his Chinese counterpart if the United States launched an attack? Was it Ru- Russian or Chinese? Was it Chinese? I thought it was Chinese. Okay. Chinese that's yeah. even worse. Yeah, yeah. That's so, just amazing. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, so, he thinks he's completely within his rights to do it. That it's all part of his. Uh, you know uh, what? Do, what do we call his his function? Where he his his liaison with the other side, or no? <laughs> not when you're not when you're in charge of our national defense. It's not. Yeah, it's, I, you know. If, I if just they, don't understand them. You know, if he and the Secretary of Defense spend a little less time on oh. DEI and and woke policy and making sure that uh, our, our military, um, they're saying more than a million American military veterans are food insecure. Yeah. That's an um, awful statistic. Isn't that terrible? Now, I know I know. when I was on active duty 40 years ago, it's almost 40 years, yeah, it is 40 years ago now, um, I, people, 
I, you know, soldiers, soldiers have been on food stamps. Soldiers were going for welfare cheese. Um, yeah. You know, I, we, we just we've made a decision as a nation. We expect the military to do certain things and we do not want to pay the price for what we want them to do. I think it's a fundamental uh, misunderstanding of, of the, the culture of the military because the the, the government is saying, uh, you know, only the vast majority of 70-year-old year uh, plus uh, veterans are not enrolled in SNAP. Like, that's a terrible thing. Well, you know, if you understand military people, you, you can you can figure out why they're not applying right. for SNAP. They, You know, there's such a thing as dignity. And, right. And they don't, and they don't want to apply for SNAP. They don't want to go on assistance, right. even though they're entitled to it. Yes, they are entitled to it, but will they? I, they probably won't. No, they'll go out and get another job. Right, right. Just uh, even if they're 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 disabled or they're hurting, they'll go out and do it because they just don't want the. I don't. Know, they don't care about the stigma. They, it's just a pride thing. With that's them. right. The reason they're in the military is because they have a little bit of self respect and and, and yeah. So, so that's a terrible was, was it reported, uh, I, I think I saw this uh, earlier this week or last week, that uh, troops at, is it Fort Bragg or? The, Not Fort Bragg anymore. Oh, Fort I'm Liberty. sorry. Fort I'm sorry. Liberty. I messed, I'm, I messed up. Was I, Actually, if, I thought it was Fort Hood, which is probably not Fort Hood it's anymore. Not, no, it's uh, uh, Cavazos. Cavazos. Anyway, they were having the same issue about feeding the troops. Yes. Yes, they did. That's yes. right. You're right. They are, they are food insecure as uh, active duty people. Yes, that's um, a shame, and, that, and that's that's a blight on the landscape. Well, when you think about last year, uh, or excuse me, last month in August, it was reported that there were three hundred thousand crossings at the southern border. Now, those are the ones that we knew about, that we right? Know about, yeah. And every one of those three hundred thousand are get food, clothing, medical care, and and housing, and an Obama phone, probably. Absolutely, yeah. No, this is. This something something has got yeah, to something's change. Something's not right here. Um, yeah, there's a, there's another, you know, another coffer that's being drained for dubious reasons. Well, the asylees, uh, upstate New York, uh, that's the term that the media has term, uh, has coined. Asylees, yeah, uh, uh, they're getting Medicaid. You know, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, you, we, we're all, we're all paying for I Medicaid. Just, for I was these telling people. Paul during the break that uh, Kathy Hochul just decided to add 150 National Guardsmen. From the state of New York. Did you hear? Well, this is on my news this morning. Uh, did, did you hear what, what else she said when what? she when she deployed? That there's 2,200 National Guardsmen taking care of these uh, these illegal aliens, doing casework, doing casework, and, and also helping them get jobs. Oh, isn't that wonderful? So that, that's a wonderful. But but uh, she has said that the 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 uh, the problem, migrant problem in the United States, is the fault of Republicans. What? How did she figure that? Well, she 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 couldn't really get into a lot of detail because she had to run home and feed the, her pet unicorn. Uh, but <laughs> but she she said that it, she she made this bizarre bland statement to the effect that you know if the Republicans would just work with the Democrats oh, yeah, on comprehensive immigration reform, this wouldn't have happened. Well, that's what uh, oh, that's God. what happened at the uh, presidential briefing last week, a couple of days ago. Uh, uh, what's her name? Binder? Jean, no, Jean. What? Oh, yeah. PJK or whatever. Yeah. They call whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah. KJP. Yeah. When she was asked a question uh, about, uh, you know, the, the number of people that came across the border last month, how can you say the border is secure? And her response was, well, 
she went back to, well, it's the Republicans' fault. And so yeah, I guess— This is the talking point. Once again, uh, there's the morning meeting, and they all get the talking point. Right. We were going to blame this on the Republicans. See if we can blame it on the Republicans. I don't think it's going to work. And then, oh, but, but, the, but the, I love the last comment that Kathy Hochul met, uh, said, uh, which was, you know, these people didn't come all this way just to live in a shelter with hundreds of thousands of others. And what does that mean? <laughs> I was hoping you could explain it to me. And then she said, probably they just a lot of them just want to catch a bus and move on somewhere else. This is this is the immigration policy of the left. Exactly. Let them all in, and then hope when they show up, hope they go somewhere else. <laughs> that, the, the, again, the problem is that the definition of immigration reform between the two parties are, are diametrically opposed. All right. Um, We'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio here on WYSL. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all. And our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to VetTix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. All right, here's one more for Todd. This is the WBBF Million Dollar Weekend with Mr. Lee, Leon, Marguerite. All right, the Colonel, the Captain, and Todd, back with you. Thank you, sir, for that uh, memory again. Got some waxy stuff around here somewhere, too. It's not on this computer, though. Love, baby, makes the seesaws go up and down. Sometimes, uh, 
We just let the music play a little bit longer. Why not? Why not? It makes a boy and girl hope say they feel so fine now. This is gonna once music. Deion Jackson, 1966. Perfect. Perfect. And without spring. Alright, so we were talking about uh, our, our esteemed governor and about the immigration situation. And it's a complex issue, for starters, um, because there are very powerful people in this country that, you know, we always try to say right or left, but there's a lot of people in this country that are very powerful, involved in industry and other things that want cheap labor, want people to do things. Uh, we have a lot of jobs in this country people don't want to do. Native Americans don't want to do. Um, they ran into that problem in Europe about uh, 30 years ago or 20 years ago, and they started opening the doors in Western Europe. Uh, I noticed Europe change. I, mean, I started going there in the eight, early 80s when I went in the Army, and I watched Europe change, the world change, but Europe changed dramatically in those, you know, in those last 40 years, um, culturally and otherwise, uh, with the, no one was having babies and they had jobs that needed to get done. Same thing's happening in this country. Um, you can't, there's certain jobs you go around this country, you, it's all people that are probably immigrants within the last five to 10 years doing those jobs. And, you know, not saying this to sound racist or anything else, but you just, there's certain jobs that people are doing that um, you don't see Native Americans doing, or you don't see Native Germans or Native French people or anybody doing those. And those jobs got to get done. Um, so there, there is a tension that we want immigration um, and, the left is using that to to their advantage right now. Um, we, we Our immigration process has always been broken in this country. Anybody that has ever tried to help someone get into this country um, uh, the, the legal way, the way the system in place right now, it's it's unbelievably difficult to do. Look what's going on with these interpreters. We talked we started the show talking about the interpreters. There's absolutely no reason in hell that we could not get these interpreters and their families someplace quickly um when we decided uh, when when the president decided that we were going to bail in Afghanistan. Was it about 100,000, Paul? I think it probably had to be around that number because um, if we had 50,000 interpreters at the peak, you figure they have family members, extended family. And we're not talking about, you know, unfortunately, it's not just, you know, a husband. I mean, you got kids, you got parents, uh, you know, they, 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 they were, they're going to wipe out a bloodline. If, if, if I'm at risk, then my entire bloodline's at risk. And, you know, we had a commitment to these people. But the bottom line with this with immigration is things are broken. No one's willing to – everything – nothing gets talked about anymore. Everything is extreme. Everything – every issue is life or death. And there's absolutely no – no cooperation on anything that's important well, anymore. That's the, that's, it's that's considered the, a sign of weakness. That, that's the exploitation and, and the, the pitting us against each other. Right. And th- this is this is not by accident. 
Right. And, I, and I'm not – the Republicans are just as guilty as the Democrats. I, I have seen – and Republicans are scarred, so they're playing the same game. You know, all through Obama's administration, he got every single budget he wanted. There wasn't one time he didn't get what he wanted in a budget. And, and we know why. I don't know why. Oh, I, I do. It's because if you opposed him, you would be labeled as racist. Well, I don't think that. I think I think there was also uh, there was an expectation of some quid pro quo that the, at, at the right time there would be, but there just never was. Um, and and so I think right now, I think because that's just the way it is, the Republicans, the Democrats, I think they're all guilty of saying. I think that's why someone like Trump or someone like uh, who, who's the Indian. Uh, uh, Ram, uh, Ram, Ram, yeah, Ram, whatever. Vivek, Ram Swami. Yeah. Vivek. Why, yeah. Vivek. Yeah. Vivek. Why someone like him seems very refreshing to people, someone who's outside politics that hasn't been corrupted by the political, hasn't been co-opted and corrupted right. by the political process. I think people. Does that sound familiar to you? What? Does that position sound familiar to you? I don't know what you mean. Isn't that what Trump. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, of yes. course. That's what I'm saying. That's why people, people uh, they uh, they're, they're attracted to outsiders. And and that's why he's polling 10 percent above Joe Biden right now in these recent polls. Now, those polls are meaningless because they're just doing it on raw vote. Well, and also they're, not, they're, they're not, not doing it on states and electoral college. That's exactly right. National polls are meaningless. Right. But still, they, they tell you something. Um, but people want. I think that's what was the appeal of Trump. He was an outsider. Uh, the the downside of that is it's an unbelievably complicated system. And you know Trump's biggest mistake was thinking he could skim the first three or four levels away and get something done. You know he needed to fire about a thousand people and he fired about two hundred, and he left all those encrusted federal civil servants in place. And they just stonewalled him. And he still got a ton of stuff done in spite of it. His own party didn't support him, and he got stuff done. They are All they're interested in is maintaining the status quo because that means maintaining their power base. I don't know how we change that unless everybody gets involved and we start voting these people out. We start primarying these people out. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you know, Bob, you've been saying it for years. I've been saying it since the day we started this show that if people don't start voting for school boards, town boards, zoning boards, you know, uh, city council, local level. county yeah, legislature, true. state assemblies, supermajority. I wanted to do this last story here. Um, I wanted to do this last story. How about a minute left, Paul? <laughs> just so you know. Just uh, we we had something on the ballot about um, voting by mail that got defeated. On the last ballot, and now the legislature's passed a bill, even though it's against the Constitution, uh, took a constitutional amendment, which was voted down in the last election, 55 to 45 in 2021. Now the legislature passed it, and the governor signed it for vote for mail-in that, that ballots. That is so unconstitutional. And, and, of course, you know, they filed a lawsuit against it, but we've got an election coming up in a few weeks here. And, you know, what... What's this is what happens when you have one party government. Right. And that's what you have when you have a supermajority cuz people do not vote. We're going to have a we're going to have a democratic county here, but we've got 85,000 pistol permit holders in Monroe County and 27% of them are going to vote. If just those 27 if, if just the people with pistol permits in New York voted, we wouldn't have had a democratic governor the last 30 years. Absolutely. 
Yep. So we, we do it to ourselves. What's people. the average turnout in a general election? Like 17%? Well, I don't know. The, when I was tracking it, uh, it was like 27%. Yeah, it's very low. And in a non-presidential year, it's even below that. Mm-hmm. So we shoot ourselves in the foot, no pun intended. And until we uh, get a handle on voter integrity, um, the situation is going to get worse. Uh, you're going to have more people uh, uh, voting by mail than voting in person. And that's the the whole idea is just fraught with fraud. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. All right. I'm hearing some music. Todd, thanks for coming in. Steve, as always, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Robert, thank you. Uh, let, folks, have a great week. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, and those serving with them in your thoughts and in your prayers. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Be a lover to their mother. Everything to everyone Up and at them bright and early I'm all business in my suit Yeah, I'm dressed up for success From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our future my responsibility Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure Being all that I can be I can't call in sick on Mondays When the weekend's been too strong I just work straight through the holidays Sometimes all night long You can bet that I stand around